Hi, Bree. Hi. I am so excited to be here with you today. Thanks for sitting down with me and welcome everyone to another episode of the Self Love Sister podcast. Um, I am very hyped. When I tell y'all I'm hyped to hear about Bree's journey into being an expat with her family. And so we're just going to get right into it. Go ahead and reintroduce yourself for those who might not have heard your first interview with me. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity, sis. I'm so honored to be back. Um, I am Bree Brown. I'm a mom, a wife, and entrepreneur. Um, on Instagram, I am energy underscore vibration. Um, and yeah, my family and I, um, almost six weeks ago, um, packed up a few of our belongings, sold the rest, and moved to a very small island off the coast of Belize called Key Cocker. And the pictures, you guys, are beautiful. Like, if you don't follow her on IG, you have to follow her. I actually have to tell you this story. I wrote a little blog about you. I need to send it to you. I was I was writing uh, an interview piece for a magazine, and I had to write about like an influencer or somebody that was inspiring. And I chose to write about you. Oh, uh, bless you. Because it was just so dope. And I was like, this would be like a great piece for this magazine. So I did move on to the next round of that interview, thanks to that piece. So I have to show that. Nice. Too, I thought that was really cool. But if you have not seen her Instagram, go ahead and check it out because the pictures are to die for. But what we want to know, yeah. tell us about, I know last time we talked about like where you were mentally preparing for this move, how you arrived at the decision to make the move. But now tell us a little bit about the actual, like the steps, like what was it like, not just on like a mental level, but even just a practical level. Cause I know we have listeners who have considered leaving the country yeah. with their family. I'm one of them. That's always been a dream of mine to go overseas. I just know one day it's gonna happen. So yeah. kind of just walk us through a little bit of that process leading up maybe like a month out and how you guys got ready and just yeah. what has that been like for you? So I do, let me preface the whole situation by saying that my husband and I are both virtual entrepreneurs. And so we bypass a lot of the difficulty with regard to work permits, visas, things like that, because we work remotely. Um, now we did work extremely hard to ensure that we could run our businesses remotely, but it was really dope because last May, while I was pregnant with my second son, and Joe was a little over a year old. Um, we came to the island, um, like, you know, kind of during the height of the pandemic when everybody was working remotely anyway. So we came to the island to see if we could do it. Like we came to see what the island was like, you know, on a Monday instead of a Friday night, because every time prior, we had always been here for vacation. Um, and so within that month, it was very, very clear. And granted, it had always been clear that this place was calling us and that the spirit guides were leading us to bring our family here. But within that 30 days, it was very, very clear that it was going to be perfectly like possible, essentially, for us to run our businesses um, abroad. So my primary business, um, I own a tutoring firm where I teach English as a second language to diplomats, ambassadors, um, government workers, and international professionals. Um, so even at the very beginning of COVID, my work never really stopped because I was working primarily virtually anyway. 
Um, so there was really no real shift aside from like ensuring that my Wi-Fi worked. Um, but there was no real shift for me in that regard. Now it was nice because it was like, all right, you know, this island is vacation for like 50% of the people here. So working is not really key, right? Because it's like half the island is here for vacation. So you really got to like be intentional about working and being strategic um, about keeping your, your business afloat. Now for my husband, it was a little different. So he owns a trucking company. So when we had been in the States, like he was in his truck, like, you know, more than half the day, you know, so he was doing move jobs, junk removal, hauling, you know, debris removal, furniture assembly, all those things. So, you know, the ball was really in his court for, to make sure that he could run all that from a different country, which meant that, you know, he was forced to like really put together teams of people who were capable, who were responsible, who were competent, um, and that he could run all the logistics when previously he had been the director of operations for his own company and someone else kind of ran the logistics. So there was a big shift for him, but that month showed him that it was possible. And that's why when we came back last June, we're like, all right, so here we go. Let's let like let's hit the ground running. It's important to also note that while we were um, while we were here last May, like we had we had like almost daily meetings where we met together as like partners, like the husband and wife stuff, you know, that's, that's eternal and that always exists. But like we met as like partners because we're parents. Yeah. yeah. We're business owners. Like, obviously I was like, we can do, you know, I'm the, I'm the impulsive Scorpio. So I'm like, we can do it. Oh my God, we can do it. We can do it. And he would, he's, you know, the more realistic Gemini and he's like, yeah, anything's possible, but I need to know a plan. Right. Mm -hmm. Because he sees himself obviously as head of household and the, you know, the provider and the protector. So he's like, I got to make sure that everything lines up because if it doesn't, we're not making this move. Wow. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So literally for 30 days, I would say if it wasn't every day, then every other day we met and we talked about ways in which we could run our business, our respective businesses virtually. Um, then we considered, you know, the schools here, we considered what life would be like for our kids. Is it truly as safe as it, as it, as it feels? Um, are they really going to avoid some of the, the racial brutality that we were trying to, to protect them from um, having lived in the United States? And yeah, by the time we came back, the answer was yes. So, you know, the first thing we did was we sold the house. Um, it, at the time, and I, it was all divine timing, you know, it was a seller's market. Um, you know, we, we took an offer that was like over asking and like no contingencies and like, you know, this was last June. So like COVID was by no means over. Mm -mm. Um, we sold the house. We put a lot of things in, in storage. We moved in with my mom. Um, and, you know, then we had the baby. So the baby was the next big thing on the checklist. Checklist. We had to make sure that Isaiah came out. Oh my gosh. I totally forgot about the fact that you're having these meetings and making these plans and you're pregnant on yeah, top I'm of that. I'm pregnant. Oh my like, gosh. Like literally, I want to say maybe 48 hours before he was born, we, um, yeah, 48 hours before he was born, like we were like cleaning out the house. I was like on my hands and knees, like mopping the floor and like, oh yeah. Like, I'm stressed just thinking it. about it. it together. I think three days after he was born, we actually closed on the house. So there was that. 
moved in with my mom. Um, again, you know, businesses, you know, the business is going well, but then it's like, all right, well, we need to find an apartment. Like we we got to find an apartment because we don't, we now are like officially homeless. <laughs> like we're the coolest homeless family you'll know, but we're essentially <laughs> homeless now. So, you know, with a newborn, with all the businesses, with Josiah, with my husband who was working, you know, I went apartment searching and a lot of people ask, you know, well, how did you find an apartment and this, that, and the other? And like, Google is your friend, y'all. Like everything you need and more is on Google. Um, we found a long-term apartment. The rent um, was well within our budget um, because things are very inexpensive here. Um, got that confirmed. And then it was just really, honestly, the pressure was primarily on my husband to get everything set up such that he could run his very on the ground business from Belize. Um, but one thing about my husband is, you know, if he says he's gonna do it, he won't do it. Mm. Um, and so I wasn't really concerned because when, when Collis Brown says he's going to get something done, you know, we just wait for it to get done. I mean, it's, actually, it's very reassuring as a partner and a wife. Mm -hmm. um, so once it got down to like a month out, things got, you know, a little tense and stressful because, uh, not even necessarily logistically, but like personally, you know, relationships, uh, were facing challenges. I think there were people in our family and in our lives who had been somewhat in denial about our move. And so once it came down to the wire and it became very real for some of our family members, um, they became very defensive. Um, and so we had to navigate and we are still navigating um, some tension that arose with wow. our familial relationship. But see, that's not something I would have expected I mean, now that you're saying that, that makes complete sense, but that is not something I anticipated being such an issue is the familial relationship. So you were navigating, I'm sure like postpartum in some ways, trying to take care of yourself after a baby. Yeah, That's, that's an emotional process, right? Like just adjusting mm -hmm. to being a mother of two. Mm -hmm. And then you're transitioning physically into this new space. Mm -hmm. I mean, how did you stay grounded and take care of yourself on top of the babies, your husband, the relationship, like while your marriage was solid, even a solid marriage takes work. So either way, we're always doing work as wives, as mothers, as entrepreneurs, like your plate was full. So we, I, I have to know, I'm sure everybody wants to know, how did you stay grounded with while all this was happening? You know, this is something I talk about in my monthly um, intention circle, but repeating affirmations is one of the easiest yet most profound thing you can do to keep yourself grounded. And that is because two simple words, I am, are the most powerful words in the English language. And as a linguist who teaches the English language, I mean that. So when things got tough, when, when people began to impose their own fear about us moving to Belize and the things they had heard about Belize city, not the entire country, I had to keep reminding myself 
and my husband and vice versa, that we were walking a path of total and divine alignment. And it had been clear last Mar March when we first came, when we first came back, it became even clearer when we came in May. And then everything, the way everything had been unfolding, the household, the baby was born perfectly. I mean, two pushes, girl, and he was out and he was healthy. We, you know. Oh my goodness. And, and you know, like, you know, black paternal health is like a thing in the United States. Uh -huh. like, for my nine pound baby to come out, you know, vaginally, no issues, no mm -hmm. postpartum issues. You know, the businesses were still afloat and flourishing. It was still so clear that we were walking a path of alignment. And so when you're, when you're clear in that, mm -hmm. you affirm your own divine power, which is reminded every time, right? Every time you look at your children, you're like, holy shit, I really am a powerful being because I birthed these two in two <laughs> years during a pandemic, fabulous. Um, yeah. it, you just realize that like, yeah, when you choose alignment, your, your faith is going to be tested. Mm -hmm. It's going to be tested because the spirit guides are like, all right, so you said you were trying to take this leap and you acting like you ready to take this leap, but do you really have faith that we got you? Like, do you really have, let's see. And so, I mean, you know, there were, there were tons of issues. I wrote a three-part blog series about it. I mean, it was like, you know, someone, we had issues. We had a quick issue in our marriage um, with, you know, I wrote a blog about it. So, you know, if people want to read the blog, they can find out about it. But there yeah. was, there Is that was, a, tell us again where to find the blog, plug yourself. Uh-huh, becomingbree.com. Okay. Um, and there are, it's a three-part series called What Happens When You Choose Alignment. Mm. So we survived a quick little attack on our marriage. Um, you know, we, we got COVID. Um, my husband and I got COVID uh, while we had like a three-month-old and, you know, Joe, mm -hmm. you know, it was, it was a lot. Then we were navigating issues with, with, with family members. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, then I had an ex pop up and, you know, try it. So like there were challenges, yeah. There were challenges. but we knew it's like every time it kept happening, instead of sinking, we're like, oh, we're being tested again. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's amazing how your mindset. And I, I think back to our conversation we had, and I want to say you guys were just getting over being sick because we had to reschedule a couple times and then yeah. I had got COVID in, the, in January as well. Yeah. Um, so I remember just your mindset going into this. And so reflecting on that conversation and then hearing how the challenges came up mm -hmm. and how you were able to navigate it as a family, it really makes me think about faith. I mean, like you said, like you have to build that faith up before you actually took those steps to physically, you were already mentally prepared. And mm -hmm. I, I can see that from the conversation that we had before to the conversation we're having now, you were building your faith then and building oh, yeah. that momentum then so that when that happened, you were like, okay. And I, and I love that. And I really appreciate the conversation we were able to have then and kind of compared to where we're at now. And that's something that I think everybody listening is going to be able to learn some, learn a lesson from. And honestly, sis, that's like my biggest thing because people, you know, when you start 
you know, on your spiritual journey or when you start, you know, becoming a lot more intentional about the life you're leading. Um, I think sometimes people have very false expectations that it's like, all right, if I'm going to take the leap, then like everything should be okay. Right. Because I just left this or I left that, or I broke up with this person or I, so like, I should be walking through like, you know, portals of abundance and rainbows and butterflies because I took the leap and it's like, right. But that's where, that's where faith and spirituality, you know, work hand in hand because yes, you are walking that path. Right. But you got to always keep, you always got to have perspective. You always got to keep perspective. And once you know, and you affirm I'm on the right path, then you also have to remind yourself, but I know I'm going to be tested. I know I'm going to be tested. And these are not tests to knock me off my path. These are tests to make sure that my feet are even deeper in the ground as I continue to walk. I love that. I yeah. think that's very powerful. I have like something came to mind as I was thinking about our conversation um, that we had last time as well. And seeing that you followed through with all these things and you followed through with the move is very inspiring. But at the same time, in addition to having that fear, right, of the practical things, how did you all suspend the belief of where you should be and what you should have? Because just on a personal note, I find it very difficult to continue in my own entrepreneur journey because it's like, man, this this teaching job is, is stacking my pension and it's doing this. And this is where like, this feels more secure, right? Like this feels more comfortable. Now I'm not happy. It's not in alignment with what I wanna do. So now I'm ready to take that step. So it's like, I have to let go of where I should be. I could go back, get another master's, double my salary, get the six figures. Like it could move a lot faster, right? All those things, if I go back and chase the dollar. But there's this mm -hmm. part of you, when you step out into your dreams, and you step out on faith, you have to totally suspend that belief system that you have or comparing yourself to other people. Like, I'm not gonna have it the way that they have it because I'm choosing a different path for myself. So right. how did you really embrace that and navigate that? Because the truth is, sis, when you take a step back, you'll realize that you never, not that you never had it the way that you, you did, but your, your, your journey had always been, there was always something unique about your specific journey, always. And so if you recognize that your path is uniquely yours, it, and I think about um, just in my own particular journey, it's like when I was in the height of comparing myself to all of my friends, um, the biggest difference that, that I now realize is that I was pursuing, um, I was very actively pursuing entrepreneurship when everyone was kind of working in corporate America or working typical nine to fives. And I kept finding myself, you know, struggling to, to align with where they were professionally because that just wasn't, that wasn't my calling. It never has been. Um, and so I kept, you Same. know, yeah. And so like, here I am like trying to get into a nine to five and like, I, I, I don't, I don't enjoy it because I have always enjoyed the freedoms of entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, if you're, if you become, once you become that, once you, be, once you realize, excuse me, that all your power comes from your center and you do the work to really peel back the layers to discover who you have always been, 
then you'll realize that your journey has always been uniquely yours. And so there's really, there's, it's a complete waste of energy to compare yourself because their journey isn't uniquely theirs and yours is uniquely yours. Yeah. And when and you built that creep up, how did you, on a practical level, cause I'm sure you felt that. I'm sure you had those moments where you felt that kind of creeping up and how did you handle that when you, when you felt that come, what, you know, how are you able to kind of talk yourself down from those feelings of comparison? It's a very good question. Um, and again, uh, the, the, the power of affirmations. And so I was telling you before we got started, you know, it's very unlike me to have gone so long without journaling, but I, um, I you know, prior to moving here, like I, I had journaled, you know, daily or if not daily, you know, every other day. Um, and in those moments where I'm journaling, that's when I just have to remind myself because no one else can remind you um, of your own power, really aside from yourself. And so when I found myself competing and I am, you know, a naturally competitive person, I am a Scorpio and I am very competitive. <laughs> um, I had to remind myself that again, that energy that I could, that I could be using to, 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 to turn inward and empower myself is how I should be using that energy instead of comparing myself to a journey that has nothing to do with me. Um, and that's, I really, I, I want people who are listening to understand that you were born, like if you like if you really consider, and this is something I had to think about as a mother, like it is miraculous for conception to take place, truly miraculous, mm -hmm. truly a miracle. Mm -hmm. It is miraculous for a woman to carry a baby for 10 months without a single issue. And it is completely divine for said woman to birth that child. And so for that child to go from conception to birth affirms that that baby is here for a very specific purpose. And that purpose has nothing to do with you know, his homeboy or his homegirl or, you know, well, they're doing this and it has nothing to do with that. Hmm. And so you spend your life, you know, going about your days, discovering that, pur that purpose, but all of that energy and, and obviously, right, we live in a world where like there are outside influences, social media is extremely powerful, mm -hmm. but you, you got to be intentional about discovering or rediscovering your purpose. Mm -hmm. Once you do operating with intention <laughs> to just bring forth divinity, your own divinity. Mm. I love that perspective. And I appreciate you sharing that so candidly because, you know, we, we all kind of feel like we're lacking sometimes and yeah. I need to work harder. I need to do this. So, but just, you know, I call it holding my own lane and, and I'm not competitive by nature at all. And I think some that's one thing I, I do well is hold my own lane but sometimes you do have that belief system of like ma'am you know i'll be 34 on sunday and i have those thoughts of like i should already have a house i should already but then part of me is like you don't even want that <laughs> like you don't right. even want like right. yes it's, it's it's cool like i'm excited for those that have it but is that like a burning desire for me no right. <laughs> not at all I mean, so many of us, I mean, when you think about it as kids, it's like, you know, 
we joke now like, oh, you know, we all thought like Tupac was super grown, right? Like we thought that was a grown man. And like, turns out he was like in his early twenties, you know, like the greats, the greats <laughs> yeah. that we looked up to, we thought, oh, you know, by 30, because such and such did this by 30, I'm going to have, but then once you get into your own definition of what it means to exist in the age of 30, you realize, well, wait a goddamn minute, wait a minute. <laughs> right. Right. And right. so- you, you have to, you have to delineate yourself from, and again, easier said than done, but you have to be intentional about delineating yourself mm -hmm. from social norms and social yeah. constructs that have nothing to do with your journey. Walk mm -hmm. your own path and do it proudly. I love it. That is beautiful. And so you're now on this new path and you're in Belize and I know that you are big on community and you have built an amazing online community just through being like genuine like you are one of the most genuine people i've met on, in like you know in on instagram and on these platforms and you Thanks. you really radiate that and people are drawn to it like you're just someone it started out as the tutoring company i followed you then it went to the locks and you know we talked about that on the yeah. last episode with you and i was like she has just stayed the same like no matter how big the yeah, has gotten, you. you are just you so how have you taken your ability to build community into this new space and kind of while you're suspending these beliefs of what you need to be and you're holding your own lane you still are managing to create a sense of belonging and mm -hmm. community of where you are so how how have you um i guess adapted to the new area like creating friendships and just creating a community where you are yeah so it's really it's just it's so powerful i mean it also helps because Belizeans are an incredible people. And, you know, people from Key Cocker are just an incredible people. They are warm, they are hospitable, they're open, they're open-minded. And so a, someone who has the type of personality that I have, like I lead with, I literally, I leave with love until you prove that I, I shouldn't, right? So others, you know, they lead with like, mm, like I may, yeah, I have my guard up until you prove that I should take it down. I'm not like that. And I've never been that way. That's so beautiful. like, I'm always like, my heart's on my sleeve. You know, I'm here and I want to make friends. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I want my babies to have friends. And, you know, like, obviously you have to reel it in because like, we are Americans on the island. It's a small island. Everybody knows us. Everybody knows the kids, my husband. Um, and like, you know, you got to watch out for, for energy vampires. You got to watch out for people who make certain assumptions about our financial status because we're mm -hmm. Americans living, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but like, such is true, you know, even back in the States. Right. You've always got to be careful how open and transparent, you know, you are and with whom mm -hmm. you are. So. But I mean, thus far, it's been, it's just been love. Like they lead with love, I lead with love. And so that's what it's been. That's what it's been. That's wonderful. What's the primary language spoken on the island? English, girl. Okay, I love yeah. it. So English is the um, national language of Belize. They do speak Creole, which is super dope. Like listening to people code switch. Yeah. <laughs> talking to us or like talking to their homeboy or homegirl. Um, and then Spanish is very, very, very common because we're we yeah. sit right south of Mexico. Awesome, awesome. So just on a on a grander scale, like what are your plans for being in Belize? How long do you think you want to stay? And you know, like 
Is there other islands you want to move to? Like, where, what are you guys thinking? So um, we actually just had this conversation, if not yesterday, then perhaps the day before. Um, I see us here, you know, long-term. So I, I want us to uh, gain permanent residency, um, perhaps even dual citizenship. I want to buy land. So we do not want to go the traditional route of like buying a house and like fixing up a house. I want to buy land mm -hmm. um, and build the house of our dreams. Um, but, you know, my husband did say that he's more open to like a five to 10 year timeline after which he, he wants to explore the mainland because they are areas that are just as beautiful. Obviously it's not island life, but there are tons of areas on the mainland that are absolutely beautiful. You know, you have a little more access to things mm -hmm. because they're on the mainland. So, um, I get, you know, I, you know, my husband rocks with me, so he knows, you know, I want to be here for a while. I want my babies to be Island boys. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, I would say five to 10 years on the Island. And then we may venture, you know, to the mainland, but we are, you know, we're going to be in Belize for, uh, for a while, for awesome. a while, for sure. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. Do you think that, um, you'll be able to get back to the States a lot? Or are you encouraging family to come visit you? Like just cause you're going to miss your family. You're going to get homesick. That's something we all think about when we contemplate moving overseas. So how do you guys plan to kind of navigate that part? So we are actually um, going back uh, to Louisiana like in like a week or so for my niece's graduation. Um, then we are going back to Louisiana for like a family reunion. And the thing is we chose Belize um, because it's so, you know, it's like two hours from Louisiana. It's like four hours from DC. Um, I know my family loves to travel, like my mom, my friends. Um, so in November, excuse me, I have a lot of people coming down for my 35th. Um, and so it's dope because like, obviously it's not a hop skip, right? Like we're on an island, so we have to take a ferry to the mainland and then get to, you know, but it's, it's pretty easy. Um, but we have zero intention whatsoever of ever living in the United States again. I love that. I think we have said that the only way that we would come back, you know, God forbid is like, you know, something medical wise with our parents. Mm -hmm. um, but that's literally it. That is amazing. Um, I have to know about the foods. So what are some of your favorite things to eat? And then I want to talk about the beach. How often do you go? Do you work from the beach? I need all the answers about that. So um, the food is incredible. Um, Belizean food is um, very seafood dense. Um, so there are lots and lots of uh, different fish that people, you know, grill and um, chicken's a big thing, pork not so much, um, but I mean, you get a plethora of seafood options. Um, That's you know, my favorite food. That sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, they have like, you know, stewed chicken and stewed rice and beans, uh, you know, this coleslaw that is like, I had never liked coleslaw in my life until I got here. Um, the fruit is just abundant. Like it is the freshest, juice, juiciest, ripest fruit you get your hands on. And like, I know, you know, people, I like, don't get me wrong. Like I know in the Caribbean, 
fruit is abundant, fresh fruit is abundant. So I'm by no means saying that like Belizean fruit is superior, but Belizean fruit is certainly superior to like what I had got at like Whole Foods, you know, or right, right. Giant where like the watermelon didn't have banana, uh, didn't have seeds and bananas didn't have seeds and you could get pineapple any, any day of the week, any month of the year. And it was never ripe, you know, and the mangoes were almost yellow instead of, a, mm-hmm. you know, so it is, it is very refreshing, pun intended, to have an assortment and true abundance of fruit. That is amazing. And the beach, how often do you get to go? So this is where, um, this is where we are reminded that like, we're not on vacation because you're not going to believe this. We still have not been to the beach as a family no yeah no i know it's crazy my husband and i went and and the other thing is my husband and i have only been once what oh yeah so it's like any other time any other time we were here we we spent the we were probably at the beach every day Mm -hmm. but what's so dope is that like we're not in a rush because we live here now like the beach is our backyard oh okay so like that makes sense yeah so like anywhere we eat is like right on the water um you know beach days like if we were if we were to go as a family that would require a lot more logistics and like making sure the boys are you know covered in sunscreen and all the things and it will happen sometime but like you know we're working like we Mm. work like this isn't, it's not vacation. Okay. How hot is it there? Hot, girl, hot. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's hot. It is hot. I'll trade you. It's like 50 degrees here, it's chilly, I'm over it. Like Ooh. Now the thing is, you know, black skin, melanated skin flourishes under these conditions. Mm-hmm. And so, there's no seasonal depression, you know, there's no, that sounds great. you know, rainy, you know, you know, what is it, Monday blues, and it's like cold and drink, nah, it's hot from the day you, it's from the second you open your eyes, it's hot, until the second you close your eyes, it's hot, but what's dope is that, like, the morning, so we wake up, you know, wake up at like six with the boys, so like from like six to nine, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I sit out on our balcony, there's this beautiful sea breeze. The sun hasn't come all the way up. So it's insane. Girl, from about 10 to four, it's like scorching hot mm. and humid. So if you look on the, if you look at on the weather app, it's like 82 to 84 but the heat index is like 92 96 because the sun is also much closer down here mm-hmm. but then once the sun hits the back of the island first of all the sunset here is absolutely insane um once the sun sets again you get this beautiful breeze it's still a little humid but like um if you're retired, then, then, you know, you really don't have much to worry about. But if you are like a working mom, uh, what was easiest for us is that we are entrepreneurs and we run our businesses from Belize. 
when we first, when we came here last May, we kept talking to so many expats, many of whom were retired, but many of whom were doing the exact same thing. They were government contractors, you know, working remotely, or they were, you know, teachers who worked abroad. And there were, you know, there are a lot of different ways to make money virtually. And if anything, COVID has proven that to us. There is a plethora mm-hmm. of ways to make money virtually. Teaching English is one of the easiest ways. Um, I, as you know, that's my background. Um, you can get a t- TEFL certificate and you can teach people all over the world from your, from your computer. So as long as you have Wi-Fi, you're in business. What's dope about Belize is that the exchange rate works so that such that you have, you know, it's uh, $1 to two Belize dollars. Um, and so everything, excuse me. Yes. And so everything that you make in American currency doubles. Wow. Right. So what may not seem like a lot in America, if you're making, you know, forty, fifty thousand $50,000 becomes $100,000 in Belize. That's and, amazing. and things, you know, the cost of living is extremely inexpensive here. So I would definitely pursue the virtual entrepreneur, mm-hmm. or virtual employee route, because mm-hmm. again, that way it helps you bypass, you know, requiring a work permit and all that, a visa and all that. Um, you know, I, I, I recommend renting before you buy um, because buying for international buyers is extremely difficult. The financing mm-hmm. options are, you know, they want like 60% down with like three years financing. Um, and they treat you like that because you're an international buyer and they're trying to cover their investment, which anybody understands. Mm-hmm. Um, so the route that we're taking is we're spending a year here to gain permanent residency, at which point we'll then kind of be considered lesions. And so the financing options for us will change because we'll be doing it as if we're lesions. Oh, that's really great yeah. information. Yeah. So that's really important to know. Like, I mean, shit, if you got it like that, you know, buy out. <laughs> right. You know, again, if you're retired, you have savings and pensions and all that, your route is going to be very different. And I honestly can't also speak to that because I don't, that's not my journey. That's not my path. Right. Um, but yeah, so I would definitely say, you know, rent before you buy. And there are lots of places specifically in Belize where there are, you know, month to month apartments. Um, and so I imagine on any island or in any country, there are mm-hmm. apartments just like there are Airbnbs, et cetera. Last thing is um, kids, you know, particularly with moms, I want to remind them that kids are the most malleable, chameleon-like beings and so Mm -hmm. they may not like it in the beginning right the concept of like i'm in middle school and i'm leaving my friends but i promise you they're going to make new friends Mm -hmm. that it's who they are they they soak up information knowledge they soak up culture they soak up their environments so i know so many people are worried about taking their kids out of school and putting them in a new school I promise you they'll be fine because we're living it. And granted, our kids are young, right? So they're not even in school. But I would imagine even at, you know, five, 10, whatever it may be. Yeah. Do your research so that the schools align, right? Mm -hmm. So that the curriculum is is something that you are comfortable with. 
Mm-hmm. But if it's just like, oh, I'm worried about my kids moving to a foreign country, they'll be fine. <laughs> I love it. That loud and clear, they will be fine. And, and you will get a sense of peace finally that they will be safe, that they will be loved, appreciated, nourished, poured into, uh, which is something that, you know, we don't always get back in the States. That is so true. That is so important. Thank you for sharing all of that. That is super helpful. Um, last question. How do you practice self-care on the island? How, you know, I, how does your routine look? Now, I know you haven't started journaling again, but overall, would you say that it's easier to do considering this new environment? Yeah. The whole, the whole, the whole island prioritizes self-care. So you really have no choice but to indulge in it. Mm. Um, as a water baby, being surrounded by the water enables me to release like on the spot. Whereas mm-hmm. like in, in the city, in DC, there, I mean, there was no, you couldn't go to the park really by yourself, you know, God forbid, <laughs> you know, it's like, it, there's no real place to release. And like ocean water, salt water is cleansing in nature, right? It's like you have a, you can have a salt bath in your apartment or you can just get in the ocean and release and let and let it work through you. It is so powerful. You know, the food, you know, a lot of, a lot of times your diet has so much to do with, you know, your emotional wellness and your spiritual wellness. And so being surrounded by very fresh fruits and food and just people who genuinely love you, it recharges, it's just, it's good for the soul, girl. No, I haven't journaled. But like my crystals get to charge under the full moon because the moon seems like it, you can touch it, you know? So we've got lots of crystals. We still have our sage and our Palo Santo and our incense. So I still have, you know, my other practices um, outside of journaling, but yeah, eating well, we walk, we sweat all day, every day, which is so cleansing. Um, you know, we, we haven't had a proper beach day, but we've been in the ocean mm-hmm. uh, and the sea breeze is healing. So yeah, yes. it's good for you. It's so good for you. That's awesome. Well, I am super grateful that you graced us with conversation today. This was wonderful. Um, so much. I truly hope you will contribute some like positive affirmations. Um, I'm gonna get Bree to contribute to the app. I have an app launching called Moment For Me and I would love to have like some positive affirmations or you to record a video for the subscribers in the app. Um, I think that would be amazing. Cause I just, I love chatting with you. Like I love our conversations. I always leave inspired. I always leave feeling like, okay, I can do this. I can step into this next phase. Um, And I know the listeners are just so into it as well. And obviously those who follow you online are always left really inspired and motivated. So um, let us know once again, your handles and where we can find you in virtual world before we say goodbye. Yeah. So I'd love for you to follow me on Instagram. It's energy underscore vibration. Um, and my blog where I write about all, you know, all of my experiences through and to love, my spiritual journey, what really pushed us to move to Belize, motherhood, my lock journey, all that um, is called becomingbree.com. So definitely check it out. And I thank you in advance for your support. Yes, I need Bree to make a course. I'm going to try to, when, we, when I stop recording, I'm going to work on getting her to like 
make a course so she oh, can goodness. Cause I'm telling you, an ex, a course on how to be an expat girl. I'm about to buy. Look, it ain't even out, and I'm about to buy it. You need to do it. <laughs> I would love it. So yes, I I hear her talking, and I'm like, ooh, she got two or three books, some courses. Oh like, yeah, yeah, I definitely am gonna be writing the book very yes. soon. Again, gotta get the 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 retreat done, and yes. then it's gonna be on and popping. You're a great writer too, so I've I I will <laughs> say that. So thank you so much, Bree. Thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the self-love sister podcast take care of yourself wherever you are keep practicing that self-care and i look forward to talking with you soon Bye. Bye.